Are you guys both in a, in the same location, or are you geographically apart? Uh, we are currently geographically apart, but in a similar part of the world, right? You're both in is it British Columbia? Yes, yes. British Columbia. Yeah. You'll have to forgive my lack of knowledge on Canadian geography, as we uh, <laughs> as we go through this. It's amazing how many uh, Canadians though have been part of this show over the last little while with Val Heffelfinger and the Falcon, and it seems like Canada's big on the Warhammers. We do like the Warhammers up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do love it, yeah. Hello, I'm Steve Joel. I'm a radio host from New Zealand and, like you, a big fan of Warhammer 40,000. This series of podcasts is a chance to hear from the people who've changed the way we do Warhammer. Whether it's painting or playing, collecting or reading or consuming content, I would like you to meet the Game Changers. Forgive my uh, Kiwi accent as well. The, if there's anything you don't understand, just let me know and I'll try and say it in a Canadian accent. If there's anything we don't understand, it's probably not the accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. My grandmother is from Newfoundland. So I, whenever people talk to me, whatever accent it is, I can usually understand because that's probably the harshest one. Oh, is it really? Oh, you've never heard someone from Newfoundland speak? I don't. It's a bit like Scottish, yeah. Oh, you, should, you should Google Newfo- Newfoundland accent and you will be... Both horrified and amazed. (laughs) In this episode, we'll meet two of the team from the fastest growing 40K channel in the world. They're pioneering a whole new way of doing battle reports, and people are loving it. Steve, I wanted to let you know that you share a name, you probably already know this, with the person who invented the GIF. I got very excited when I was doing the research. I discovered that you invented the GIF. I thought, this is going to be a great thing for us to talk about. (laughs) No, no, I did not invent the GIF, But it was invented back in 19, I want to say 57 or 67, which counts you out. Unfortunately, yeah. 40K Game Changers is supported by the Frontline Gaming Network. We just couldn't do this without them. This week, they are doing great deals on the Gothic Ruins ITC Terrain series. It looks amazing. It's easy to build and paint, and it comes in some awesome bundles with the Frontline Gaming Gothic Ruins mat. If you want to start your terrain collection, or if you want to make your existing collection a lot bigger, go get a bargain. The link is in our show notes. All right, let's get this Canadian party started. My guests today started a little channel a little under two years ago and have quickly become one of the biggest battle report channels in the world. Play on Tabletop has 124,000 subscribers on YouTube. They were recently involved in the Las Vegas Nopen with one of the lists going all the way to the final. Uh, Featured in the very first battle report was Space Marine Steve. He's joined by Tycho. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Happy to be here. So uh, I want to play a little something for you. If this will work, I want to play this this piece of audio here. We have lights. We have cameras. We have a stack of gluten-free pizzas because we are considerate of other people's dietary (laughs) restrictions. We are Play On Tabletop. And that is our very first... 40k battle report we're cooking up a gaming revolution back there and you don't want to miss it stay tuned play on that was the first that was the first thing on instagram for uh play on tabletop the first little yeah. bit of uh space marine steve talking about play on a little hint of what was to come 
which uh, it's turned out to be, is it fair to say bigger than you guys expected, faster than you guys expected? Yes. Yes. It is not only fair to say that, it is 100% correct to say that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really want to get to all of that soon because one of the most astonishing things as I was doing the research is just uh, I was looking at the numbers and how fast they kept on jumping the numbers of, sub- of subscribers in such a short time. In fact, when I was looking at it, I couldn't believe that you only started doing this in April of 2019, just a little under two years ago. So we will come to that. But first, some background. So if I can start with you, Steve. You're a, a tournament player. Let's start with that. Talk about that. You're you're playing in tournaments. Uh, how long you were doing it? When you got started in it? Biggest wins? Give me some background on your tournament time. So uh, I would say that I've been I've probably been playing tournaments now for the last like you know, three four years, like somewhere in there. And uh, it, I really was like a, a fairly competitive player. Like uh, as much as my winning streak on the channel does not uh, show that I am a very competitive player. And I, so I've been playing tournaments now for probably close to like four years, give or take. And then uh, in terms of like biggest wins, I, I have a lot of like, I would call them like bridesmaid finishes. Mm. Uh, so I've got a of like second third and fourth place finishes um in tournaments like you know uh, up here in canada we've got like amiable bright west uh, the wet coast gt um and i've top aided in uh, multiple um of those and then i've also you know bottom finished as well <laughs> because you know you can't win them all but uh i actually there's i i'm still looking for my tournament win so you know there's lots of only one person can win every tournament right so i uh i have i've always uh you know always a bridesmaid never a bride and uh i feel like i've got your name next to a couple of wins for rtt's yes now rtt's i have won a few um so but still no gt's or majors yet okay yet yet i like that that's that's good uh and you also used to write for frontline gaming as scuba steve is that the same person yeah, that is the same person. I used to, I used to, uh, I actually, that name, funny enough, that name, I, I used to tour in a rock band. I played bass in a rock band for a long time. And uh, they gave me that nickname, Scuba Steve, because it comes from like, you know, uh, it comes from like Big Daddy, the like Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I don't know okay, why. Yes. Do you know what? When yeah, I saw it, I it thought com- that name really rings a bell. I've heard Scuba Steve before. It's the Adam yeah, Sandler he's actually movie. a scuba action figure from the Big Daddy movie yeah. with Adam Sandler, and uh, for some reason they just—I think one of the one of our band members like had just watched that movie or something and was like Scuba Steve, <laughs> and they just labeled they labeled me that, and it just like it just kept going, yeah, it just never stopped. So we had little T-shirts of it. It was crazy, and then and then eventually because I didn't. At first, I was like kind of wary of like putting my full name on the internet. Uh, I I was like, you know what, Scuba Steve, sure. And I just like, sorry, started writing under Scuba Steve and stuff like that, doing the articles for Frontline Gaming. And uh, I took a break from that as I uh, kind of furthered my educational career. And then uh, I jumped back into Internet 40K with Play on Tabletop. So it's a big it's, jump. Uh, yeah. It's a big jump, yeah. big jump. Uh, now, let, let's do uh, a little background also on uh, Tycho, 
before mm. you got involved in this, um, how did you first sort of get into Warhammer? I get the impression, just again from a little bit of research, that it's that it's a massive passion for you. This game that we play, it certainly is. Yes, um, I was introduced to Warhammer in 1994. Um, in southern France by a travel mate. We didn't have any books or anything. He just told me about it, but I filled a sketchbook with all my dreams of what a Nurgle demon looked like. And uh, when I got back, immediately started buying chaos models, and I haven't really looked back since. Man, do you know what? I don't know how many people would get to say they were introduced to Warhammer in southern France, other than people <laughs> who live in southern France, of course. But uh, any story that starts in southern France is pretty cool. And so you you were introduced to it there. You started dreaming up and then buying uh, Chaos Models, and you got into the game properly. Were you a competitive player? Have you ever been? I know you've been to tournaments, but do you consider yourself a a competitive guy, a competitive player? Uh, absolutely. My 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 biggest competitive streak in Warhammer was actually in Warhammer Fantasy, uh, which um, may return. But um, yeah, no, 40K has been a part of the the. The, my gaming world the entire time. Um, I, I like to go to tournaments. I have more fun shooting at sportsmanship scores and paint scores and kind of having fun mm. rather than um, really diving hard into the competitive meta right now. But I, I think I'm a dangerous opponent to wander across in a tournament setting. Sure. I, think Steve could, uh... <laughs> I can definitely back that up. <laughs> Let's get to you guys all getting together then. So uh, can you talk me through how and where that all happened, the, the genesis of this idea? I believe it it kind of started a little bit with uh as as a lot of things start it started as like a text chain of like myself and uh JT Tack uh kind of just chatting about like you know we at first it actually started as the idea of for like a podcast or some kind of like content for 40k that's kind of how the conversation started was you know playing this game we're going to tournaments we're loving every minute of it and what can we do to you know be creative to kind of create content in this ever-growing ecosystem because like the 40k ecosystem has grown by leaps and bounds over the last few years um and so it kind of started with well what can we do it kind of started with that question uh and it quickly evolved uh, into tax starting to ask the more pertinent question well why do we want to do it yeah right what do we want to accomplish then it evolved into us answering that question of we want to do something that nobody else is doing we want to show the world a way of creating and digesting 40k content that they haven't seen yet something that no one has done and we all kind of went away and then tack uh kind of our i guess our our current like ceo he he, he sits at the at the at the wheel of the ship right. and uh, he pulled us all together and he kind of created this little presentation that for a vision that he had of what he thinks it could be it actually turned into a way it turned away from like more audio content and into video content because uh, both tack and Nick, uh, founding members of the team, have professional uh, video training. And they think that, well, you know, if we start doing battle reports, we thought, well, what if we shoot it, you know, like a professional sports channel? What if we boil it down, make it like a highlights reel almost, and give people just the action of the game? Could it, 
it then evolved to could we make 40k entertaining enough to sit and watch in one sitting where you're not painting in the background uh you're not doing something else for the three hours or however long you know a battle report usually goes to could we make it something that someone would sit and watch and and then it evolved even further to how do we inspire people to play this game we love through this entertainment and with that target in mind, we started then working on what you now see as play on tabletop. It really was just all of us with pizza and a big screen TV and a PowerPoint presentation that TAC made. <laughs> I love the idea that you're talking about it like a sports presentation and you're wanting to keep people involved. And I feel like there's a lot more that obviously has gone into the conversation after that, uh, which, which we'll come back to in a second. But uh, Tycho, I want to ask you, how did you get involved then in this whole process uh, and, and how did you meet these guys? Well, I met Tack uh, specifically at a tournament. Uh, he kicked my butt with some AdMech a long <laughs> while back. And um, we kind of kept on meeting at tournaments. And eventually at some point, I believe it was actually at a tournament, sort of said, hey, we're, we're thinking about having a meeting about creating some uh, Warhammer content. Um, he, he heard that I had an acting background a little bit. And so he asked if I wanted to show up and give my two cents. And I was all ears. He offered pizza and I was like, I'm there. And uh, <laughs> we, he kind of made this presentation and he could tell that it was kind of formative, that he was kind of like testing the water and would sort of expect us to kind of mull it over and come back. But I believe it was absolutely unanimous around the room of all of us being like, yep, let's do it. When do we sign up? How do we right. <laughs> It was uh it had, it had happened. Potentially all just diving in, but not necessarily aware of how much work this was going to be. How long between then, that meeting, that presentation from TAC, how long between then and uh, April 2019 when you're kicking it all off? Uh, that was almost almost four or five months. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Not that long, really, in the grand scheme of things, when you think of how long television takes to make and how long uh, you know, all of this stuff takes to develop and getting the gear and getting the setup and get, planning it all, Four to five months probably seemed like ages, but looking back now, Steve, do you think that actually that's a quick turnaround time? It is looking back now, it is a quick turnaround time. But I mean, it, it's also like my it, when I look at the team of play on tabletop, myself, Tycho, Tack, Nick, JT, and Paul, we're talking six guys working in in addition to our full time jobs, right? So it. It was like it. It was a long. It it doesn't feel like a long time, and it does feel like a long time. It, it it's weird how this much work kind of like melts away the clock a little bit. Like it, it it is. It wasn't a long time, I guess. We were very driven, though. Yeah. Like I think once once we were um once we could once we could like see the target, and it was all illuminated for us. Like I think Tycho can even agree that like we just ran for it. Like, I think we started, like, sharing mini videos and, like, show concept ideas, what, like, two days after that meeting with TAC, Tycho? Unless there was stuff coming out that night. But you're, you're right. The, the work has been made a lot easier because we're doing something we're really passionate about. Sure. Um, and, like, really, it's come a long way. We, we kind of made our first video being like, well, I wonder if we'll be able to show this to the world. And we did. And we got a way bigger response than we were expecting. So it's it's kind of been like that the whole way. We weren't. We were kind of testing it out and it it seemed to work people seemed to respond and uh it's been quite a ride of of 
you know, expanding faster than we thought was possible and it turning into something that could really be amazing. So, yeah, it's been fun. When I talked to uh, Brian Pullen and Adrian and Bridger a couple of weeks ago, one of the, well, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, everything's kind of compressing time-wise what with what's going on in the world. My sense of time is all over the place. But talking to those three, they said one of the reasons they do live streaming on Tabletop Titans is, is just because it made it easier. It made it more possible for them to keep going. They just turn up, they live stream a game as it happens, and then they're done. You've gone the other way. You've got so much post-production to do in your videos. Uh, has that made it more of a challenge, do you think, to, to keep content coming out? Absolutely. 100%. It's held us back in terms of like numbers of content every step of the way. But we've decided that quality was what we were shooting at. That was something we wanted to do. It was it was part of the, the sell of the beginning. It was part of our cornerstones, and it's been successful for us. It really has. Does each person in the team have a have a different role? Do you have people who are better in the painting area? You've already mentioned that Nick and Tack had the had the kind of the, uh, the television or camera work expertise. Do you each bring different things to the table? We all have different roles. Cur currently, Tack kind of sits in this like executive producer role. Uh, he kind of like watches all of the content as it comes out, and he also creates um, graphic packages and stuff like that. So like all of the really awesome overlays and stuff like that are all created uh, by Tack. And then uh, Nick is kind of like our director of photography. So he runs our our main like filming and he makes sure that like all of the content is edited to a certain uh, standard of quality. Um, and, uh, and then uh, JT is our like uh, kind of like the voice of play on and he uh, he writes a lot of the scripts and then Tycho is our studio manager. He manages all of the terrain, the mats, making sure the studio is always tidy and ready to work in. And then he also uh, creates a lot of the terrain and he paints a lot of the terrain for all of our uh, battle reports. Wow. And then uh, Paul is kind of like a uh, technical engineer. So he helps us, um, he helps us film and he's there uh, kind of to do odd jobs and help. And then uh, I am one of the producers of the show and an, uh, camera personality i suppose but like a show producer would probably be my um main title and then i also manage our patreon campaign right and then when you bring uh, armies to the table you guys paint your own stuff or do you get help with that from outside that one of the things that you do the standard of painting and the standard of army obviously you've set a very high bar for that they all look amazing is that in in each person's individual responsibility it's been a little bit of a mix. We like to bring outside people in and we love to show off their stuff. Right. Um, we've done some really cool army showcases of, of local uh, creators stuff. Um, but there's been stuff we've painted, stuff that's been pro painted, stuff that's uh, painted by other people. I think we're, we're pretty easy going with where the stuff comes from as long as it looks great. So yeah. Uh, one of the first battle reports that I saw from you guys, I think the first time I really became aware of you was uh, filming a battle report at a GT, and it was Jim Vessel uh, was involved. I think he was playing against an orc army, and uh, I was trying to learn how to play Jim Vessel's list, and I thought, oh, let me have a look at this. And it was so different and so exciting in the way that it was filmed and put together. Was that kind of like a trial run for you guys, or had you figured out what you were doing by then and you were like, this is a way to launch it. It seems to be a departure from what you had decided to do, but kind of fit hand in glove at the same time. 
that was a hard shoot. We, we we were trying something. We wanted to try and make that actually like a whole sort of show series unto itself. We found that due to production difficulties that we weren't going to go that direction, at least not right now. And then, of course, with uh, the state of the world these days, we've had to change the course of our ship and take a lot of our more public plans and make them a little bit less public. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's still in the cards for us to do more tournament coverage, but right now that's not really an option. It's definitely a lot more work, right? I mean, Steve, the, the, as I say, that's one of the first videos that you guys put out, I think, just looking at the timeline. Uh, and obviously the plan was to do more of those. But the way it, the way it works maybe with time difficulties is just in studio in a more controlled environment. It, did that kind of present itself yeah, as definitely. an easier way forward? Yeah, absolutely. The being in the studio gives us so much control over what's actually happening. And then on top of that, too, we have control over the pace of the game. So like at a tournament, like I remembering back to that tournament game between uh, Jim Vessel and the Orc player whose name uh, uh, Justin, I think his first name is, uh, they move very quickly. Right, they're on the clock. They have to be, yeah. and uh, we can't tell them. Okay, go back for a second. We right. need to make sure we get this kind of shot. We, you know, oh, can you slow down? Can you put this model down? Can you pick this model up? Can you face this model a certain way? We're not allowed to say any of that, right? Uh, so it kind of takes away our cinematic control. Um, however, that game um, was a very fortuitous uh, filming because not only. Uh, did Jim Vessel win that game? But Jim Vessel was also on a hot streak. Yeah. So, in terms of people like Googling Jim Vessel and like trying to find a certain like list or something like that, like that video got shared on multiple platforms, et cetera. So, it was a bit of a, um, we we lucked out like the gods of fate were smiling on us that day that jim vessel whom had just recently won like adepticon and other major tournaments he was kind of in the spotlight already and we were able to kind of like just connect with that a little bit and uh so it 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 worked out really well but yeah the studio is kind of where we find our home because uh, yeah. we do we have more control uh, now, Jim actually is featured in, in another, at least one. The, forgive me if I, I haven't counted correctly, but I know I've seen him in at least one more in studio. Um, so is he like a friend of the show? Is he a regular a regular guest? He's certainly a supporter of you guys, right? Yeah, he is. He's very supportive of us. Uh, Jim Jim is a local tournament player. He's from uh, he's from BC here. And uh, so we've, we've seen him at multiple BC events and, and he is kind of a, a not, I wouldn't say he's like a close friend of the show, but he's a very, he's a good friend of the show. And uh, so he's always up to come into the studio when he's around and he has the time. He's a very busy guy. And um, yeah. you know, we've all got a lot going on with the pandemic and everything, but uh, we do hope to have Jim on again at some point soon. And uh, yeah, he, he is very supportive of the channel. He's a, he's a great guy too. It's always fun having him in the studio. Let's touch on these numbers because I was looking at it when I was doing my research. I call it research because it makes it sound more important than I was scoping you out on YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, in April 2019, that's when you started. In July, 5,000 subscribers. By October, 20,000. In January of 2020, you said 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. In May, it was 50. By October of 2020, you had 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's a year and a half. Yeah. How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, that is the golden question, is, is it, it not? Yes, it really is. So, and I'm asking on behalf of anyone who's posting anything on YouTube, how do you, how do you do that? Is that? I guess what I'm asking is, is I, this a campaign that you guys thought up and you thought we, and sure it went better than expected, or or is it just a lot of things falling in the right place? I've got to assume that you had you had a plan and you kind of went with this plan and it's just worked out really well. Yeah, we had a plan and there was one core approach that I think really stood well for us, which was to be entertaining first and like Warhammer informative second. Um, we knew that we weren't the best players in the world. We knew that we had a real eye for how to make things fun and interesting and present what we love about Warhammer. And uh, we've stuck to that. And I think it's really, really showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And it also it is to it, it is important to note that like when when we were planning out our like business path, the the number one thing that we always kind of kept at the forefront was, are we doing something that someone can get somewhere else? And if the answer to that question is yes, we should reframe and rethink our action so that when people look for this particular content, there's only one place they can look, and that's play on tabletop trying to find our blue ocean, right? Uh, which is where there's no competition. There's nobody doing what we do. And we are the only option. We did a lot of like pre like market research to make sure that we were stepping into a realm where other people were not already in. And, and that is what gave us that kind of like the, it gave us the room to grow at the speed. I think that we did though it did grow in a, at an unexpected rate we we were way ahead of where we thought we would be and are way ahead of where we thought we would be now in based on our initial like 3 year plan so like it, the whole experience has been like trying to hold on to a freight train and right. like it, yeah it's i know i sense that uh, we we talked earlier about that first few months right from Tuck's presentation and there was stuff coming through that night and in a couple of days you had a lot more material and there were ideas all over the place. Was there, Tycho, do you think a sense of, man, if we don't, if we don't get onto this right now, someone might beat us to it. We've, we've got to move. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if that was specific to our, our, our core initial planning there. Like, we were excited. I don't think we were frantic. I don't. I, I. I like. Like Steve was saying, we were looking to find our own space to move into. Yeah. So I, I don't think that we were really scared of what other people were doing, and I don't think we are now. Like we've seen a lot of channels get inspired by us, and that's amazing. And I think that you know we can uplift the 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 whole scene. You know, it doesn't have to be um, any one thing, but we're really trying to do our thing and uh, do it well. You see uh, a lot of shows, not Warhammer shows, you see a lot of inspiration from other things coming through in your videos. Sports coverage you've already mentioned is one of them, but I love the way you're, you're interviewing players uh, and those interviews get interspersed on the way through it. The key moments of the battle report, you'll have an interview with Tycho saying, well, this was my plan and I was just hoping it would work out or whoever it might be, which I feel like comes from a lot of the like MasterChef or, you know, those reality kind of blown away, those sorts of shows that we see all over the place now. Did you take inspiration from all over different kinds of places? 100%. Yeah, we definitely did. Reality TV yeah. was a, a big inspiration for that first season and what we continue to keep from that. 
I think we have some other ideas for sources of inspiration that are uh, coming down the pipe too, Steve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There, there's, there are definitely sources of inspiration kind of sprinkled throughout all types of media that we, we drew from, but yeah, you're, you're hitting, you're hitting the right tone there. Like that master chef or like forged in fire. They're like reality kind of TV show where there's action happening and then you're, quickly plucked from the action given that personal interview and then thrusted back into the action. And it's a great way to like break up what's happening while also delivering information and narrative. And, you know, like it, it is reminiscent of those reality TV shows and, you know, it's kind of supposed to be. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A, we found a different method. I sense a lot of uh, background conversations as well about how much of that to put in and how that gets interspersed. And then dice rolls. Do we show all the dice rolls? Because that's where the action is. But we can't just have 40 minutes. That would just be all all dice and nothing else. And you kind of, is there a lot of planning that goes into each video? Or do you have a formula now that you go, okay, this is, this is how it works. And this is what we're going to do. I would say that in season one in particular, like if you go back and you watch our season one, there are a lot of little changes. Like if you really, if you like were to binge all of it, for example, I'm not, I'm not saying you should do that, but I mean, actually do that. If you're listening to this, do, <laughs> do that. that, go do that. But, but, <laughs> uh, but if you were to go and do that, you'd see a lot of changes, right? Switches in graphics, switches in this, switches in like just the formula of how we're doing it. If you compare that to the entirety of our second season of 40 K and 40 M, season two of 40k and 40m has a much more like established formula so i would say that like you know there was a lot of planning and a lot of talking that went into season one and a lot of uh, a lot of flexing right like we changed and we adapted to new issues and new problems that would come up it was our pilot season yeah. right and then when season two dropped everything becomes unified there is a unified look to the thumbnails. There's a unified look to the graphics. There's a unified way that we present all of the information that gives us the best possible and entertaining story that we can make from the game that we just watched. Yeah, yeah. We also had to make it sustainable. Like there's a, you, know, you can experiment and experiment and experiment, but that eats up a lot of time and effort. And there's only so many hours in the day and only so much our editor can take. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, let's see. Actually, touching on that, uh, how long does a does a, a typical battle report now take to film and then edit before we get to see forty minutes? Uh, well, one day of filming that usually is what 10, 12 hours. Wow. Yeah, yeah, ten, ten, probably like 10, 12 hours plus. Uh, it. I would say that on average, a forty k and forty m can take anywhere from like 45 to 50 hours up to like 60, 70 hours. Sometimes it kind of depends on the edit on the game. But if I were to select like an average between 50 and 55 hours per video, that's too much. <laughs> that's too that's, much. That's... Yeah, but you know what? It, so here, here's my, here's my, um, here's my response to that's too much. Well, it's a lot. Is, is oh it, oh it is definitely a lot but the thing is is when when we are hunting for the best that is what has to be done right and if, there's no like we don't compromise at play on tabletop right there's no 
There's no, well, you know, this is okay. So I guess we'll throw it out there. The answer is just not, that's yeah. not good enough. Yeah. And no, that, that's kind of where we, that's where we live. So that, that's where part of the passion comes in, right? Is if we did, weren't passionate about what we were doing, we wouldn't do it because it, it is a lot. Like if you just look at it as like, this is how many hours it takes, like, holy smokes. Right. Yeah. And, and we've had to throw out entire shoots because we couldn't get the quality level we're looking for out product with yep. the footage we met, we, we had managed to get. So yeah, that was, those were trying days. If, yeah. There's a minimum of two lost episodes for sure. If Tark had said to you right in that very first presentation, look, this is what I want to do. This is my idea. This is, you know, here are some, here are some cool things we can achieve and it'll only take 55 to 60 hours on average per episode. <laughs> do you think you all would have gone? Yes, we're in quite so quickly. Maybe not as fast. <laughs> Like I would have had a second piece of pizza before answering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is. It's... I, honest, I think we knew what we were signing up for. A lot of us had some um, right like yeah, theater yeah. or film or just production experience of some sort, and we kind of understood what we were getting into. I, I don't. I don't think that that part of it was was too scary. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's and a lot it, of enjoyment also, in the production of it too, right? If you, I mean, I have a background in television and, and in radio, and even just producing these podcasts, people would be surprised about how much goes into behind the scenes, the the recording and the preparation and the editing. Nowhere near what you guys are doing, but uh, even even with a background in television and radio, I'm surprised. Fifty five, sixty hours does seem that that's extraordinary, and I think people will be surprised. So, listen, the message is. These guys are putting so much work into this. If you don't watch it, you really, you need to be watching it. The work's got to pay off. <laughs> you need to be watching it. But, but you know what? So I, wish, I would love to comment a little bit on like how that actually influences our production because we can't just, what we cannot do is we cannot go, all right, what is the best list or what is the best army right now in the meta or something like that and show like competitive games like that because the meta changes too fast and eventually like what happens is the games themselves be they age themselves out yeah. so when we create content we are aiming for the most evergreen content that we can we we don't want the content to age out because we want people to be able to go back through our library and watch it even though like you know oh it's a little bit older but that's okay because you know the narrative here rocks or the cinematics rock or mm. whatever it is right and so and it does video is pretty old and continues to get older and continues to get our most views <laughs> yeah 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 and then, look you're going back to what we've talked about already the sports analogies the reality tv analogies any given sports game you just want the game to be a great game it doesn't necessarily have to be between Tom Brady and whoever else is the the next best guy it it's just got to be a game with two teams that you can enjoy watching and a competitive level rather than someone wiping the floor with someone else for example exactly uh, one thing i think people will be wondering is with 124,000 subscribers with the videos that you're pointing out uh, putting out in the the studio that you have set up is it doing enough to pay the rent yet? Are you guys able to be looking at a future where you do this full time? Almost getting close. I think would be the thing. I would, that... I would, yeah, yeah, I would say it's starting to get close. We have like rising costs. Like we're starting to pay uh, like our editor, right? Like uh, we've, we're paying rent on a new studio. And like if we were just YouTube, 
then that wouldn't be the case. Right. Uh, however, because we've got YouTube and Patreon and we're coming out with like, you know, lines of swag and stuff like that, it'll, it allows us through those multiple streams of, of income to pay the rent, so to speak. Um, and we're also looking into, you know, like other ways to expand and collaborate and gain more and more subscribers and more and more viewers, which thus like amps up our income to help us cover costs. Right. So like it is a struggle, but right now we're, we're going for it and it's, uh, you know, it's an amazing experience and I was, we're not in trouble by any means, but, uh, we're not rolling in it either. <laughs> right. And we've already established you're not doing it for the money, but it is, it is nice uh, we talked to Winters about this, and I know you guys uh, have a little bit to do with Winters over the next little while uh, from yeah. from England. So uh, saying that you're not in it for the money, but boy, the dream is the dream is to be able to, as he has done, quit the factory and do this as your as your thing, right? To to actually be able to pay the rent by doing this thing that you are so passionate about, Tycho. It, it really is, and we're we're hoping that we get to the point. We've got some plans that if they go well, will get us there. Um, where we can start quitting our jobs and playing Warhammer for a living, which <laughs> sounds incredible. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Doesn't it just sound incredible? So, listen, it, it's such a pleasure to talk to you guys. Um, I, I think your your story is so different and so remarkable. I mean, the, just this idea of what you're what you're trying to achieve and the fact that it has gone so well so quickly – uh, you've, you've got to applaud people who are willing to take such a big risk and put so much work in and have it work out. I love that. I love the fact that you are so passionate and so committed and you, you did at the start, which it was something crazy and risky and you've put so much into it. So I salute you and I applaud you and I'm, I'm a fan of what you do and just keep on doing it. And I can't wait to see what the next plans are. I assume you can't say too much about those at this point. No, unfortunately, I can't say too, too much other than uh, I know I, I'm a I'm a big listener of your podcast and I listened to the one with uh, with Winters. And uh, so he spoke about an upcoming uh, collaboration with uh, Deployment Zone TV. And I guess probably by the time that this airs, the collaboration might be well underway. So make sure you go to Deployment Zone TV and, and check that out. I love that it's spread, spread around the globe. I say this almost every time to people like Lawrence and Winters and yourselves. It's remarkable to me that you're in British Columbia, you six guys, you're filming these reports, and then they're watched in New Zealand and the States and England and Japan and just, isn't it amazing, this global community we have? Um, it's really wild yeah, how, how far yeah. it goes, how many requests for translations into languages that you would not expect we've had. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're watching it in Kazakhstan. We want, you, we want to understand what you're saying. Listen, um, guys. Oh, yeah. The, the amount of Russian we've had to, like, crank into Google Translate to be like, how do, what are they saying to us? <laughs> I really appreciate time, gentlemen. And I know that this is, uh, you know, it's not supposed to just be me talking to people I'm fans of, but I am. And uh, this podcast is supposed to be a celebration of our hobby. So we're celebrating your success. Thanks for your time and, and all the best for whatever is, uh, whatever is next for you. Thank you so much, Steve. We're fans of you too. Thank you, Steve. Big fan. My sincere thanks to Space Marine Steve and Tycho from Play on Tabletop. Check their YouTube for Season 3, which has just launched. Also, get to Frontline Gaming. All the Gothic Ruins terrain and bundles have 20% off, but only until March 24th, 2021. That link is in our show notes. 
Go like 40K Game Changers on Facebook. I'd really love to know what you think of the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, the full back catalogue is out at 40kgamechangers.com. 40kgamechangers.com. Next week, Mini Wargaming Dave, the OG Battle Report creator. He paved the way and he's with us to tell the story. Until then, I'm Steve Joel and this has been 40K Game Changers. 